straight arrow away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game, brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. And so LJ, we've wrapped up the three-day warm-up match and we're lucky enough to have uh, Shelley Nitschke stopping by The Scoop studio very soon. But um, quick summary for those of you who weren't lucky enough to be in Leicester for the warm-up match. Um, that's obviously not Caitlin, a uh, very dedicated <laughs> Aussie fan who made the big trip from London uh, for a thrilling, thrilling day's cricket at Leicester. Um, so how did it all unfold? Australia won the toss uh, on day one, chose to bat and got off to a pretty good start with Beth Mooney and Phoebe Litchfield as the new look opening combo. Uh, Moons went on to hit 100 and was looking good, but um, none of the other batters were actually able to go on with their scores. So uh, the next best score of the Aussies' first innings was Elise Perry's 32. Uh, so all out for 284 on day one. England A's turned to bat and fair to say they showed the Aussies up a little bit, it, it has to be said. Yeah, it seemed like the wicket really flattened out, became quite a road and uh, England batted really, really well on that surface. Captain Lauren Winfield-Hill and Grace Scrivens proved to be very tricky to get out with a 132-run partnership. Lauren Winfield-Hill hit 100 and from there it didn't really get too much easier for the Aussies. Bess Heath hit 88, Paige Schofield hit a century of her own. But there were some positives for the Australians too. They were, you know, really put under the pump on a surface that wasn't offering much for the bowlers. Kim Garth was a real standout taking four wickets. Alana King picked up three. Uh, But it was a really long day for the Australians in the field. It's not often that they would spend Mm. an entire 90 overs out in the um out in the field and England A went to stumps on day two nine wickets down yeah I reckon the, the Aussie girls they would have been sore on day three uh, so they came out needing just one wicket so the girls could have another bat and that wicket came second ball of day none other than uh, Phoebe Litchfield with the gloves bowled Georgia Wareham caught behind by Phoebe Litchfield so that was a bit of fun um, no cause for alarm there though Aussie fans Midge is fine she just copped one I think a ball on the on the glove and Moons is all good, just having a bit of a rest. But yeah, no cause for alarm, just Phoebe having a bit of fun with the gloves. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I think they made the point that Moons had hit a ton. Yeah. She had the calf injury earlier this year. They didn't want to risk her with any keeping and Phoebe's was all too happy to put her hand up and <laughs> have the gloves, albeit for a very short amount of time. Uh, but then it rained for a bit, which was, uh, you know, the Aussies were pretty keen to get out there and have a bat, but played pretty quickly. And when they got back on, it was Annabelle Sutherland opening the batting with Litchfield. Both of them looked in really good touch. Phoebe finished on 78 and Annabelle went on to make 116, which was um, a really valuable experience for two young guns who haven't had a great deal of time with the Red Bull in the past. No, yeah, and they were looking super solid out, out there, both of them. Uh, and then Moons and T-Mac, they came out, they made some more runs. Um, as the day went on, it like obviously never going to get a result, but the Aussie batters clearly just wanted a little bit more practice out in the middle. Uh, so we're going to hear from Shelley Nitschke, who will uh, give us plenty of intel on how the Aussies are feeling after that warm-up match and uh, what they're thinking ahead of the test match. But first, LJ, we watched a lot of the warm-up match. What do, what do you think were the positives that Australia will take out of the, those three days? Uh, it was definitely testing for them, which I think is good. We don't know what sort of surface they're going to be presented with at Trent Bridge, but if it is 
a relatively benign surface like in Leicester, then mm. uh, they've had some pretty good practice here of trying to manufacture some wickets when yeah. the surface isn't giving much. Spending a full day in the field, while they they probably didn't love it, it's really <laughs> good practice for if that does happen in the test. Um, it's certainly better than the alternative if they just rolled through England Day yeah. really easily and hadn't been tested. Yeah, certainly. Uh, another positive, Beth Mooney looking super solid. Um, she looks in really good form, which I think given Meg Lanning is not here, Australia need Beth Mooney to be playing playing well this series. And um, she certainly showed that in the first innings and the second innings as well. So I think that's... Uh, good signs for Australia. Um, any any causes for concern? Anything you think that didn't go quite to plan that the Aussies will be looking at over the next uh, four or so days before the Test match? Um, I think one thing was just the bowling, particularly on the afternoon of day one. Was a wasn't they weren't quite nailing their plans. Um, it was something they looked at and came back and uh, feel like they improved on on day two. Still, it was a, a very long day in the field before they could get England A out on day three. They'd probably be wanting to wrap up those innings a bit quicker in the actual test. Mm. What, what did you think, Em? Um, I'm not going to say it's cause for concern because I know they're all really good batters, but I feel like some of the Aussie batters uh, maybe went out like a bit like a few loose dismissals. Um but maybe that's just them adjusting to the the red ball format. Obviously, it's a lot more of a test. You gotta you gotta dig in. Um, so I'm sure some of those Aussie batters will be hitting the nets and just making sure they're staying as disciplined as uh, possible. But that was the Leicester wasn't the only cricket that was going on. LJ, uh, there was also um, we also had Australia A over in Derby playing against a full strength England side. Also ended in a draw. But how about Jess Jonathan, uh, who was over there captaining the Australia A side against? England finished unbeaten in the second innings on a massive 173 also took three wickets and like that's a pretty good audition for her spot in the the test 11 but it creates a bit of a selection conundrum for the Aussies yeah it does so um Shelley Nitschke did say ahead of the warm-up match that JJ was sent over to Derby to captain the Australia A team because they didn't have a whole lot of Red Bull captaincy experience mm. in that team it's a very young team uh, it was also going to give Jess a chance to bat a fair bit higher up the order than she would have had she stayed in Leicester. And she definitely made the most of that in the second innings with mm. her 173. So, yeah, that, that does um, create quite a selection conundrum when you think it's probably a battle between the two leggies and Jonathan for maybe two spinning mm. spots in that 11. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fascinating to see how it all pans out over the next few days in Nottingham ahead of the first day of the test on Thursday. Uh but here is Shelley Nitschke, who I'm sure will give you plenty of information as to what the Aussies are thinking ahead of uh, the long-awaited test match. <music> Shelley Nitschke, great to have you joining us here in the Scoop studio. Um, firstly, Shell, a week in uh, here in Leicester. How are you feeling after your first week um, as coach here in your first away Ashes tour? Yeah, look, it's been uh, it's been good. A couple of a couple of training sessions, obviously, before we had the three-day game. Um, you know, we got a we got a lot out of that, I think. So we're off to Nottingham today, and looking forward to the the Test match with a a couple of sessions there before we fire up on Thursday. We've got Midge in charge as captain on this tour, and a few new faces with um Phoebe, Phoebe's back in the group. How's the vibe in in the team? Yeah, it's good. Like um, I think uh, Midge has obviously led before. We we had her as captain in India, and she's. Um, you know, she's a great leader and, and having a, a bit of spark around the place, a bit of youth in the team with Phoebe's coming in. <laughs> yeah. It's quite uh, it's quite ironic to watch. I think uh, 
when I was playing, the, the young pest in the team was one Elisa Healy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now I, I get to watch um, Phoebe Litchfield give it, to, give it to Midge, which is really, really good to see. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious that, like, you play, like, you played with Midge, Pez, and then now you're the coach and, yeah, you're seeing the new breed come through. Yeah, it's exciting. And, and Midge actually said the other day when, when Phoebes was getting stuck into her and being a, a bit cheeky, she actually did appreciate the karma in it. And I said, I'm just so happy that I'm around to see this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. And, um, Shell, it's a pretty long, intense tour for the players and for the coaching staff. So for you, like, what do you do to keep yourself mentally fresh? Um, well, there is a golf group which yeah. I sort of fluctuate ask, on or off at the moment. <laughs> uh, I'm off today. Okay. I, I'm a sort of a bit of a fair weather golfer. Yeah. I, I come and go from the from the golf group, so that that is one vice of mine. I do like a bit of shopping every now and then, but okay. um, I tend to uh, yeah, I'll be in the golf group for a little while, and then it takes a probably couple of bad rounds or a bit of frustration, <laughs> I, I figure out that I need a little bit of time out from that so I go and find something else to do and then, and then sort of come back off the bench a bit later. Okay. And they're happy for you to tap in and out? Yeah, they seem to be used to it. Yeah. Like it's, it's a little bit of a, a laugh because I, th- I think they're getting used to me tapping in and out because I'm not, certainly not a, um, a golf addict by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> but I, I do like being out there on the course with people yeah, outside totally being terrible at golf. But I just can't <laughs> mentally handle it all that often. <laughs> Is it a big crew of golfers on this trip? Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot on the WhatsApp list. Okay. Um, so I think we've had one hit since we got here when we arrived in Leicester, basically to try and stay up and, yeah. and not go to bed um, to, to help get rid of the jet lag. So there was a, a few takers in that one. So there's a, quite a few. There's a few clubs that have come across. Yeah. It's quite a few on the list. So I think across the tour we'll, we'll get most people on that WhatsApp list <laughs> will we'll venture out on the course at some point. Love it. Love it. Good to hear, Shell. And uh, so let's rewind to earlier in the week um, ahead of that warm-up match in Leicester at Grace Road. What was the, what was the thinking of the coaching staff and what were you looking to get out of the, the warm-up? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I spoke to someone earlier about that and, you know, I think it's about getting some more experience, playing the longer form of cricket, which mm-hmm. we don't get to do a great deal. So there was there was that and there was a few things we were still looking at um, to try and settle our, our team. Yeah. Um, the bowlers as well, just getting used to bowling different spells and working different plans, having used to different fielders in place and, and mm-hmm. just getting really comfortable with what our options are, I think. And yeah, now now it's all done. Do you think you got out of it what you wanted, and what were the key takeaways? Yeah, I, I think we did. You know, obviously we we didn't have the running in a lot of the game, but mm. um, there was lots to come out of it. You know, the game ebbed and flowed a bit. We learned a lot about momentum with our batting and and things like that. And and I know the bowlers have taken a lot away from how to have you know different fields and yep. when it's a flat track, what what their best options are. So yeah, I think we definitely got out of it what we wanted to get out of it. Um, Everyone, I think, got some good time in the middle, good overs. We have a couple of rest days now and, and then we crank up again. Yeah, and as you mentioned, like, not everything you went your way. It was a pretty tough day too out there. But do you think that's ideal in a way that the bowlers, yeah, were just kind of out there in those gruelling conditions trying to work out how to get the England batters out and that's going to yeah, serve I, them well? Yeah, I think so. You know, like, um, it's, we're not going to have it all our way in the Test match. So. Yep. To be able to be experienced and exposed to that um, coming into that test match, I think just gives us a real focus and um, and knowing where we need to really tighten up. But being in those different moments in the game and, and even yesterday with the bat, knowing that we, 
we kind mm. of had to bat a little bit of time to to make yeah. sure that we didn't give them an opportunity. So just those those bits and pieces you can't replicate in the nets. I think they're really invaluable, and that's the sort of thing we we want to get out of those games. Is it a bit of a challenge for the Triple SM staff too, when the players definitely aren't used to spending ninety overs out in the field in a day? Yeah, it can be. I think we've obviously not long been here, and we're in we're not in our summer, so the girls haven't been playing a lot of cricket mm. of, of recent time. So. Um, to come across, we're, there's still sort of a, a little bit of jet lag and then we, we head mm. into a three-day game. It, it is a big ask. Um, there was a fair bit of rotations on and off the field to make sure that we're keeping everyone fresh with obviously the bigger picture in mind. Yeah. And so, Shell, when you've got a team like this, so much depth, can only assume that selection is one of the hardest parts of the job. Um, for you and, and your selection coaching staff, how do you approach it? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we feel like we've given enough opportunity. We've had a look at, you know, sort of what we want to see. And obviously we had JJ head across to mm. play for Australia A and, and captain them and, and make a big score yesterday, which was fantastic. So, you know, I think now we, we just sort of bring everything back to the table, um, have a look at... I guess, how we want to structure up, how we want to mm. best be balanced. But, you know, we've also got to take into consideration the conditions at Trent Bridge, which um, yeah. we haven't had the chance to, to look at yet. Yeah, what are the most important things you have to consider when selecting for a test match? I think it's about that balance um, and having the, the right people in the right roles and positions, but also, you know, the conditions I think over here are, are really important. So making sure that we read them um, and know what's going to be best for, for that particular pitch or conditions that we think we might be coming across so that that's going to be you know a big one over here in England which which we'll mm. get to reassess um later in the week and how close are you shell to making the call on the 11 and when do you think you'll make it oh look I think we'll we've got some time you know we what do we we play Thursday I think we've, we've got yep. a couple of trainings Tuesday Wednesday so we'll get to the ground on Tuesday mm. um have a decent session and, and then probably just sum everything up and look to around about Wednesday I think nice. de- depending on you know how it plays out and I guess what the conditions look like and, yep. and whether we, we're in a position to do that on Wednesday or, or day of the game. And we will be back with Shelley in just a moment, but just a quick shout out to say this episode of The Scoop is brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia. The official airline of the Australian cricket team and proudly representing Australia on the world stage, flying to more than 95 destinations around the globe. Obviously it's there are always unlucky players every time Australia plays a match, but when it's a test match and they're so few and far between, do you think there are going to be some very unlucky players who, who don't get to wear the baggy green on Thursday? Oh, absolutely, and you know that's the that's the tough thing about it. But mm. um, unfortunately, that's that's um, high performance sport. We, we've come here with a bigger score than eleven, so that that's going to yeah. be really tough. And and I think we've got such depth, and it's you know it's a really always going to be really tough selections and. Um, you know, it's it's not great to, that people are going to miss out. I think everyone understands that that's that's mm. how it's going. It's really tough for spots at the moment, so yeah, um, it's really disappointing to to see someone miss out on a test match because, they, as you said, they and particularly an Ashes test match, they don't come around all that often. Um, but yeah, I guess that that just makes the group group hungrier. Yeah, yeah, that's the game. And so the two leggy shell, we've got Alana King and Georgia Wareham uh, over here. They're both looking good uh, over the three days. From your point of view, like how do they compare, how do they contrast and, yeah, have you seen them um, bowling over the last couple yeah, of days? Yeah, I think they were they were fantastic in the three-day game and yeah. and have been in, in the lead-up. Um, you know, we talk about them as, as two leggies, but they're actually quite different sort of yeah. leg spin bowlers. So they've, they've all got their own, I guess, strengths and idiosyncrasies in, in what they do. So I think they've all sort of, or they've both sort of found found that niche and their role and mm. um, they both 
you know, presented really well at the three-dayer and in some conditions that um, that weren't too bad for spin. So really happy with how they're both tracking. Yeah. Do Kingy and Wolfie work together a little bit? Yeah, they do. They do. Obviously, Wolf um, has been out of the, the group for a little while with her, her knee injury, but since coming back mm-hmm. in, um, her and Kingy definitely sort of bounce things off each other, um, you know, I guess that they're talking about fields and and things like that, and that they've both got some sort of different variations that they use, but also just working with each other um, to get the best out of each other, which has been really impressive from both of them. And how much does their approach change from playing white ball cricket? It's obviously very different to when they had the red ball in hand. Yeah, I think that's one of the the, um, the challenges for the group and and for the bowling group. It's just about doing what they do, but doing it for longer mm. um, and just being really consistent with it. I think we talk about white ball cricket and we're always talking about changing things up and, and making keeping the batter guessing and things like that. But but test match it's a it's more about your mentality and your and mm. your temperament, I think, to be able to just keep delivering your, your stock ball and, and setting a batter up over a longer course of time than you might in the white ball cricket. So I think it's you know, they don't sort of change too much with with what their stock ball is, um, yeah. but it's more so about their temperament and how they go about it. And you mentioned, Shell, uh, JJ over in Derby with the massive uh, 173, which is awesome from her. Will you uh, get a chance to catch up with the crew who were over in Derby for a bit of uh, intel sharing on how the England players were looking? Yeah, I hope so. I've actually just seen um, JJ this morning, so okay. I had a quick chat to her. <laughs> yeah, um, about. But, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll hopefully over the next couple of days have a chance to catch up with um, the Aussie coaching staff and yeah. um, for, a, for a bit of a dinner and, and a bit of a chat around what they've seen as well. So that's going to be really useful for us. And you, you mentioned you've been to Trent Bridge before on the um, Indigenous tour a few years ago. What do you know about the conditions there and do you think there might be a bit more on offer for the bowlers than we saw at Leicester? Yeah, I, I think that that was um, that was in 2016, and I reckon we were here in about May. So, mm. so we're a little bit later in the season. Um, you know, we looked at the stats, but I think um, we probably won't be able to make a real call until we actually see the wicket. Um, yeah, I do remember. I, I think it was quite overcast and on that particular day, and a, and a bit green. But like I said, that was a, probably a, at least a month um, before okay. the season we're here now, and, and it's been quite dry here in Leicester. So. Um, it'll be interesting to, to have a look at it um, and, and see what presents for us. Yeah, so we're heading off to Nottingham in a few hours, Shell. Uh, keen to get there and what's the focus for the next couple of days? Yeah, yeah, keen to get there. Um, and the focus for the next couple of days, I think for the players, uh, it's about um, just recouping a little bit. Yeah. Like they've had a pretty solid sort of three-day yeah, game. Totally. So um, whilst I'm sure they some of them want to start, you know, really getting down mm. and preparing for the test, there's still an element of mentally and physically recovering from yep. the three-day to make sure that we're fresh for the test. So the next sort of couple of days will be um, spent doing that. But from a coaching perspective, we'll, we'll start to, to get our ducks in a row and make sure that when the group comes back together that, that we're ready to go with our, you know, previews and, and things like that. So nice. um, a little bit of downtime, but also I think a little bit of prep behind the scenes from the coaching staff before we sort of get back on the track on Tuesday. Cool. Yeah, and then two sessions after that to... I guess, get really well acquainted with Trent Bridge? Yeah, that's right. So we'll have sort of a main session on Tuesday and and then a a bit of a top-up on Wednesday. So um, I think that'll, you know, we've had a really good hit out here in Leicester. We've had a couple of sessions so and and a decent game. So I think it's just a matter of now just assessing the conditions, just topping up on our skills a little bit and making sure that we're, we're ready to go. Nice. And Shell, are you pumped to see the girls putting on their whites and baggy greens? Yeah, there, there is. <laughs> I must admit, there is something special yeah. about it. You know, yeah. the, the girls didn't wear the the baggy in um, in the 
in the trial game, the warm-up game, but, uh, yeah, when, when you sort of see him in their creams, it, it's yeah. actually it's, – it's pretty Looks cool. It's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hits so, a bit different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and, and they love it. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited for them. Oh, very good. Shell, always great to chat to you. Thank you for joining us in the Scoop studio. All the best for the travels to Nottingham and can't wait to see you there. No worries. Thanks, guys. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting.